Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing I do have a couple of thoughts here that I think uh, are exciting. And so I'd like to read just the, the first few verses here, and then I'll pause, and then we'll pick it back up. So Isaiah 43, 15 says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves. They drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Now I want you to imagine growing up, hearing the stories of God's deliverance, your entire life. Like, this is, a, a, this is an oral tradition that these folks, and we, many of us can identify with, we've grown up with stories of God being passed down from, you know, generation after generation, our parents, our grandparents. It's, it's not unlike most of us in this room. Thank you so much, Cam, who experienced um, you know, growing up in Sunday school, maybe, or in he hearing the stories of David and Goliath and Noah and the ark and those sorts of stories, they really do inform us, you know, and, and in, in a lot of ways, we, we become familiar with those expressions of God's activities in human experiences. And, and honestly, we draw hope from them as we expect God to do the same for us, Right? And we can take that even a step further. You have a history with God. You have your own history with God. You've experienced him either coming through for you or maybe not. And that has shaped your brand of like experience and expression and understanding. And, and so in some ways, just to, for, uh, for the use of like just some familiar language here, we become brand loyal to that expression of who God is. And we become like expectant of God to be that for us throughout our lives. So we, we grow familiar and it's, it's all natural and it's all part of us developing a comfort with God and an anticipation and expectancy. But now listen to Isaiah as he continues in verse 18. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. 
Does anyone here have a past? Does anyone here have a past that you wish would just go away? You know, um, maybe the version that you read said, forget the former things. Actually, I think the language there is do not dwell upon it. Do not fixate on the past. Do not let your past inform you of who you imagine you are and who you imagine God is. Do not let your past, even as great as it was, do not let your history with God limit you. Do not become brand loyal to that version of God and his expressions towards you in such a way that you become resistant to a new thing. So I asked if anyone had a past. Many of you nodded, laughed, raised your hands. Anybody grateful for the generosity and the grace of God? He not only brings restoration to all things, but he does exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. That's the Jesus we serve. So I want to tell you a story from this week. And um, it's a story about a trip that I went on with Ben. And the backstory is that about a year and a half, almost two years ago, Shanna and I were on the phone together while you guys were living in Arkansas, before you even moved back here. And you said, Chris, is there any way that um, we could carve out some time for you and my husband to go on an adventure together? And that was your birthday gift to Ben. And then uh, last summer went on past because conflicts with calendars and job changes and all that kind of stuff. And so here it was a year and a half plus later, and we had put it on the calendar for the, the last week of June of 2023, way before I knew I was going on a sabbatical. And so they paired up this little trip with uh, Shannon and the boys going out to Wilderness Ranch to be with uh, Sarah and Brian Ray and, and Niall for his birthday. And, and then Ben worked and then he drove out there. And so it just made sense that I would go to them with the backpacking stuff and we would start our trip out in that Wamanooch Wilderness area. And so that's what we planned. I don't know if any of you have been in the San Juans, uh, if you've been in the Wamanooch Wilderness area, most people that I know, myself included, who have a history with the Wamanooch Wilderness area, we become, not to overuse the phrase, but brand loyal to the Wamanooch. It's awesome. Um, so I thought, great, Ben, let's do it, man. I'll meet you over there after church on Sunday, and uh, we'll start hiking on Monday morning. And that's what we did. And the route that I had been um, uh, told about was not a route that I had ever done before. And so Ben, being the good sport that he is, was up for anything. I mean, the reality is you have a backpack with everything you need for like a week. You can live anywhere on the planet. So it didn't matter so much that I didn't know exactly where it was, but because I had gotten some beta from a friend of mine as a pro guide, he had been in that area some years ago, and he had recommended this route that we could do. So we get into this route, and about halfway through our day, on that first day, things start to change quick. And what starts to change is the topography. Obviously, the mountains are the same, but the trees 
have you been over Wolf Creek Pass lately? And have you seen the number of dead trees that are standing in those forests because of the beetle kill? And it went from this dead tree forest with all this downfall where we could hardly even find the trail for half our day to turning a corner on this mountainside into this right here, if you could show that picture. Um, there is a, go ahead, Joel, to a burned out forest. Now, here's the deal. There's Ben with a big smile on his face because that man can find beauty in anything. And there's wildflowers and we're bumping a herd of elk and, you know, it's just super different <laughs> for me because I had a different image in my head of what I thought the Wamanooch area was going to look like. And Ben's up for anything. And so that was fine until the wind started blowing. Have you guys remember this week? After about the fourth tree fell, we realized this is for me. I was thinking this in my head. I didn't voice this until um, we had dinner that night. I was like, this is becoming unfun quick. And, uh, and so my joy meter started to plummet. And now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm kind of in guide mode. And I'm wanting my man to be safe. I'm wanting us to be safe. I'm, I'm not wanting us to push the route. And I'm trying to think in my head, like, how are we going to navigate this? Because through the night, it got worse. But we had found a spot at the bottom of the valley, kind of in that lower section of the picture, where there were no trees around us. And we put our tents in a place where if a tree fell, it wouldn't land on us. And you have to know that that has killed backpackers before. They call them widow makers for a reason, those dead trees. And, um, and so we had this conversation. And I'm like, Ben, I'm not feeling great about this route that we've been that we've been on all day and that we're supposed to be on for the next three days for the next 30 miles and I'm feeling like we need to come up with a plan b and so we looked the maps over and we had you know one option was to backtrack what we just did and Ben's like if I could voice my preference <laughs> I would prefer not to do that and the almost 3,000 vertical feet of climb and I was like, well, if we keep pushing this way, there is an escape hatch. There's this ATV road, but it's long, and it'll take us to the highway, and then we got to hitchhike back around. How about we not do that either? And then, you know, through some great collaboration and problem solving, uh, Ben suggested, how about the mountain that we just climbed up and around uh, over? How about from where we are, how about we use map and compass, and we bushwhack, and we just circumnavigate that mountain and we get back on the trail that we've started on. And that's what we did the next morning. And so after over four hours of bushwhacking and uh, navigating through this, we made our way back to the car. Actually, it was longer than four hours. It was four hours to get to the trail. Anyway, I'm, I'm elaborating. I could speed it up. But why? It's fun. Uh, so the plan was then, because I had it in my head, even, even as my joy meter was plummeting, I was imagining places that I had been that didn't look like this. And I was imagining, where could we go? 
that was different than this. And I had a couple of really great ideas, and I was thinking, let's hop in the vehicles, let's drive to that trailhead, and let's continue our trip with chapter two, and that's what we ended up doing. We ended up leaving that area, no offense to those who are brand loyal to the Wamanooch, but it was dead, and there was no life in it for me, and I wanted out of there, and Ben was a great sport, and he just trusted me, and we pivoted, and we drove almost to Leadville, where we got onto a, a trail, we got to the trailhead, and the next day, we ended up in this location. Next picture, please. Now, I'll let the picture speak for itself, and this is a basin that I've been to, the first time I ever went to that basin was when I was a youth group kid in this church in 1981. That's going back some years. And it's a fond place where I've taken many of the kids and now adults who have kids into the Three Apostle Basin. Some of you are grinning because you've been there and you know how pretty it is and how alive it is. Once you go to the next slide, look at that sky, by the way. Go to the next slide, if you wouldn't mind, Joel. So um, I just, I'll just let that sit up there. Here's, here's my thought here. I remember this phrase kind of popping out of Ben while we were in this spot. Basically, to sum it up, we're surrounded by beauty. And I'll add safety. And so here's a takeaway for me. And this begins to apply towards the sabbatical that Tiffany and I are stepping into. And it applies to the passage that we just read. It applies to your history with God. It applies to God calling you into new hopes, the imagination of new possibilities, and also the recognition that what you have become brand loyal to may actually be a burned out forest, but because you're, you're, you're willing to soldier on, and find beauty in any way that you possibly can, I'll just let you know what my takeaway was. And it comes in the form of two questions. Do I imagine that the new could be better than the known? Thanks for that, Ben. That was over pizza and salida on the last day when we were heading back. He asked that question. Could the new be better than the known? Because we were processing this. We were debriefing all this. And then it led me to the second question, which is the question that I have going into this sabbatical. Am I ready to allow the guide, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, lead us into a pivot, whatever that might look like, or am I resistant because I'm brand loyal to the familiar? You know what I'm saying? So where, whether that's like my relationship with Tiffany, my relationship with my girls, my family, uh, how it relates to us looking for a new house. It's all part of the mix. Like, honestly, like a year ago, and some of you know this part of our story, we sold our house literally a year ago right now. Like, it was been a year ago that we have been without a house because we've been looking while simultaneously house-sitting in some amazing places. And the Lord told me a year ago, and... I'll say it with confidence like that. I really felt like it was the Lord telling me this. I felt like I heard the Lord say that it will take some time 
for you to find a house that I have for you. Essentially, it will take some time for the pool of the familiar to be quieted in your heart before you're ready to receive what I have for you. And I thought he was just talking about the house. Turns out, now that we're stepping into the sabbatical, it applies to just about everything. Like sometimes we need to step away so that the pool of the familiar can just be quieted so that we can be ready and willing to receive the more. Like the holy, like, like Ben had never been to the Three Apostle Basin. Um, and just like me, I don't know what I don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit's willing to guide us into some places that he imagines for us, even though we've chosen to, you know, be content or to whatever it is in those spaces. And I honor that. There's a, there's a real honor to stick to itness, you know, even in the tough stuff. So I'm not saying bail whenever it gets hard. But there are times when the Lord's like, okay, there's a season for everything, and this season is over. Next chapter, please. So that's my theme for the sabbatical, essentially in a nutshell. It's pretty overarching, but I'm open to it, uh, just taking shape. I, I will tell you a little bit about our plan. Um, the plan is pretty scaled down. It's a pretty skeletal plan at this point. And people have asked me, like, does it make you nervous that you don't have a lot of stuff planned for your sabbatical? And I'm like, absolutely not. I have a history of basically chasing the wild goose, which to me is the term I use for following the Holy Spirit, into some really unscripted time. And the stuff that comes out of that, I could not ever script it myself. I'm just not smart enough. I don't even know what I need. And so the first month, the month of July, in our plan is a month of resting, playing a little bit, doing some mountaineering, goofing around in Colorado, hanging out with family. We're looking at a spiritual retreat towards the end of the month. The only thing on my calendar for the next four months, official, is the first 10 days of August is in Montana with my two adventure buddies. And you guys have heard me tell stories over the years going to Alaska with them, going up to Wyoming with them, going to California with them. Well, we're going into Montana, and we're going to spend about eight days circumnavigating the Beartooth Mountains. And then, like August 11th on, totally wide open. It's not a stressful thing for me. It's actually pretty exciting. And uh, just as a side note, someone was asking me at your party the other night, Leslie, like, are you guys going to travel? And I was like, honestly, I don't want to buy any plane tickets right now until I get my passport back. Like, it's been like trying to get renewed for two months. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence, but I received my passport yesterday. <laughs> I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. One of the things that gives me 100% confidence is the group of people that have stepped into specific roles here at Emmaus Fellowship. In my absence, there have been um, a few people that have chosen to step in together as a team 
to bring pastoral oversight and teaching ministry. And that doesn't mean that they're always the one teaching, but it means that they're the ones helping to coordinate. But I know that anytime they teach, it's going to be a blessing to you because I know their hearts and I know it rolls around in there. And anytime we can get a dose of it, we're blessed. And so I'd like to actually, at this juncture, invite Tiffany to join me just in standing with me as we pray, first and foremost, for um, Russell and Charlene Thornberry. Would you guys come on up here? I want to pray for you because I want to release you into just this ministry that you have chosen to receive. We're going to dance up here for a second. I don't know what's happening. Why don't you go on the other side there, Missy? Do you have anything for him? Okay. Well, as I was praying this morning, God, uh, you was uh, pointing out 2 Corinthians 2, 14, uh, through the end of the chapter, which is like 18 or 19. Uh, basically, I'll just read it. It's in the Passion Translation. God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of victory. I can't read. <laughs> the anointed. <laughs> Do you have your glasses by chance? <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. Okay. Focus. Yes. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God, a perfume of life to those being saved, odor of death to those perishing. The unbelievers, uh, they smell a deadly stench that leads to death, but believers smell the life-giving aroma that leads to abundant life. And who of us can rise to this challenge? Uh, for unlike so many, we are not peddlers of God's word who water down the message. We are those sent from God with pure motives who speak in the sight of God from our union with Christ. I just, especially the pure heart, God was showing me, showing me about you guys. That I want to pray for you now. Thank you. Jesus, I want to thank you for Russell and Charlene, for the years that we've known each other in many informal ways, but as you have been knitting our hearts in this last year, I remember the first time you guys came into the the yard back there when we had church outside that, that Sunday morning. And you've relayed to me that you felt like you were coming home, and I, I want to relay to you that I felt like you were family from that first day. And so, Jesus, I thank you for the anointing of your spirit that enables them with the grace that you pour into them to give oversight to this community. And I thank you for their hearts that are pure, their willingness to serve, their ears that are turned towards you, and the eyes of their heart that sees you and sees others. And so I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to walk in this calling and walk in this grace in who you are in your fullness in Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
And now I'd like to invite Nick and your wife, Leslie, to come up. Come on, Nick. Yeah. Okay. So the same, the same verse. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's true. So I've known both of you a lot of years, and I've worked with you in the capacity of ministry. Uh, when you were overseeing youth ministry, man, probably, what, 18, 20 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And then you were also on the board for a while, and so uh, we have a history, and I trust you fully. And I am beyond blessed to watch you step into everything that God has for you in this season. It's going to be super fun. So I'd love to pray for you. So Jesus, I want to thank you for Nick. And I thank you for his companionship and partnership with Leslie and how they experience you together. And as Nick and Leslie are teaming up with Russell and Charlene to give pastoral oversight and to get your heart, your words, your direction over the next four months and possibly beyond. We just want to just... Thank you for all the ways that you're going to minister to Nick as you minister through Nick. I want to thank you that he is absolutely in love with your presence. And so I pray that you would anoint him even now fresh and new and place a mantle of not only the anointing of your Holy Spirit, but what that brings in the way of authority. And what that brings in the way of insight and wisdom and knowledge of who you are and your word and the ways you move, Jesus, in our lives and in this community. So, Nick, I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to receive everything that God has for you and for you to be everything that God has made you to be in this season. And I pray this with such joy. In Christ's name, amen. All right, my friend. So I know that some of you, um, you know, you're wondering about this, this protocol, this procedure that we're doing here. I hope it feels only relational and natural. But I do know that there is something in the realm of the Spirit that's important that's happening right here and right now. And so I just want to voice it and acknowledge it, that we take this as a sacred transition, really. And that's why Tiffany and I prolonged... Our wait, we were scheduled to be on sabbatical two days ago, and we decided, no. Nope. The Holy Spirit was like, nope, do this. So thank you for being willing to witness it and be a part of it. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.